Welcome to the Financial Detox Podcast, a show that's dedicated to helping you retire with confidence. I'm your host, Jason Labrum, certified financial planner and founder of Labrum Wealth Management. For over 20 years, I've showed people how to steer clear of toxic advice, achieve financial peace of mind, and manage their wealth for maximum impact. And now I want to empower you to do the same. Join me and my co-host, Alex Klingensmith, every other week as we simplify the complex, share industry secrets, and provide proven strategies that will take you from financial insecurity to financial independence. Hello and welcome to the show. This is Jason Labram, your host of Financial Detox, the podcast with my co-host, Alex Klingensmith. What's up, Alex? Welcome to the show. Good morning. Number two, straight podcast show. This is fun. Um, we're in the studio here, right in our Carlsbad Global World Headquarters <laughs> and uh, recording this podcast live for you. Financial Detox is a podcast to help you make better financial decisions, to help you avoid the great behavioral blunders that most investors make, which then destroys their rates of returns that they could be getting. They could be maximizing their lifestyle. They could be enhancing their lifestyle. They could be giving more to others. They could be retiring earlier, working less, who knows, whatever it is, your goal, your objective. But the financial detox is about helping you avoid toxic advice and avoiding the great behavioral blunders most investors make. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about some particular things today that keep coming up, Alex. Well, I think because this year, investors and advisors alike, we were all reminded what volatility can look like, which is normal. Totally normal, but it feels abnormal because we've kind of gone quite a long time without volatility. Totally. It's almost like health. We have a lot of metaphors to health because, you know, financial detox, right? Like detox, we're in Southern California. There's like 50,000 different detox and (laughs) health programs out there. But there's only one financial detox, Alex. So if you're in really good health for like several years in a row, you don't have to go to the doctor. You never get sick. Then all of a sudden you get sick, you know, you go to the doctor, right? Right. And you're like, what's wrong? And the doctor's like, well, eventually, you know, you're going to catch something. So this is kind of like the markets. Like eventually the markets are supposed to be volatile. It's normal. That was a good analogy. Not bad, right? I think it was good. I mean, if you look back at, I love this one chart we have that talks about volatility in the market and it shows how many times or intra-year declines. So within a year, going back to 1928, almost every year, the market is down at some point during the year, at least 10%. So it's very normal to have market volatility because new news is hitting the newsstands and is hitting computers every single day, all day. And that new news drives prices based upon adjusted expectations. So markets are supposed to be volatile. But the key is also over time, if you invest in a diversified portfolio of great companies or lend your money to a diversified portfolio of great institutions through bonds, you are going to do very well because investors demand a rate of return on the capital they invest. Otherwise, they just keep it in the bank. Otherwise, we would keep it in the bank. Otherwise, we would only buy real estate. Otherwise, we'd only buy CDs. We'd only lend to the U.S. government, whatever it may be. But investors demand return. So if you believe in capitalism at all, which we are firm believers in capitalism, which is companies and products creating goods and services and selling those for a profit under the free will of the people, then... You got to believe that long term markets will continue to deliver a reasonably expected rate of return. So when people have gotten scared lately, this, the conversations have um, resurfaced about this word annuity. So annuities are this show is designed. Right. We captured a lot of the questions that came in and we kind of categorized yeah. them for this show and said, let's address some of that. We have three. 
three listener questions that are tailored specifically to questions surrounding annuities. Because we've got a lot of questions over the last, what, three months, four months. We've always had a lot of questions. And in full disclosure, because we're all about full disclosure, we are the financial detox team at Labor and Wealth Management. We operate as fiduciaries, full-time, all-the-time fiduciaries, legally bound to act in our client's best interest. But we take it a step further. And that step further is full disclosure, disclosing to our clients any and every bit of compensation we could possibly receive from our relationship so that the client can then make a very good educated decision on whether or not we have too much product bias or whether or not there's too much conflict of interest. And and we're going to talk a little bit more about that specifically on annuities. I just did a video on annuities that'll be hitting social media and our website here soon talking about maybe the reason why I hate annuities, but yet I also love annuities for certain situations and certain people. Ken Fisher, you hear him saying, I hate annuities. I hate annuities. You hear other people saying, I love annuities. I love annuities. And so we're going to talk about them and we're going to answer questions that came specifically from our clients and or prospective clients and or podcast listeners. So let's let's dive into it. Yeah, man. So listen to this story. It's Thomas from Encinitas. He called in and he had some really, he had a lot of questions about annuities and here's why. He's 62 years old. Yep. His goal is to retire at age 66 when he knows he's going to reach uh, full retirement age mm-hmm. uh, for social security, meaning he, you know, he's going to get, well, he could obviously defer till 70, but 66 is full retirement age. Medicare will kick in at 65. He owns two variable annuities that he bought, he thinks four or five years ago or so. One of them is an IRA with about $300,000 and the other one, is a non-qualified one that he put money into after tax money and it's worth about a hundred thousand. And so his questions were something like this. So it says, I, I've heard a lot of bad things about annuities and I feel like I might have bought something I shouldn't have. Is it worth paying the fee to cash them out and move them to more traditional investments? And, he, and then he goes both directions with he says, if if it's not worth it, how can I make the best of what I have? If it is worth it, what do I do with that money once it's out of the annuity? Right. Man, it is so tough for individual investors to decipher this, right? And the reason why I say that, Alex, is because for 20 years, I've been doing this all day, every day, for a large majority of those years, probably 10 hours a day or more, right? 11 hours a day or more. You do work a little bit, yeah. Yeah. And I do it because I love it, but I've had multiple feelings about annuities. I've had invariable annuities as one main category, fixed indexed annuities as another main category. Mm -hmm. This particular client or question came from Thomas was, is about variable annuities. And then there's immediate annuities, but we're not going to talk about those today. So variable annuities, I've sold a variable annuity to a client. I have clients to this day that have those and think it's the best investment they've ever bought because they've gone up a whole bunch with the market. They've had guaranteed income for their life. They've been protected against downsides of the market. So it's been a great investment. Is it the perfect one solution fits all investment? Absolutely not. Right. And there are bad ones, just like there are pretty good ones. And there's even good ones that are just managed poorly and overpriced within the confines of the options even, right? Well, yeah, because if you're in a variable annuity and for Thomas here, and we answer these questions personally too, but for Thomas, you know, the situation is you have a list of investments inside of that annuity from which to choose. Right. So you could be probably pretty aggressive. You could be maybe moderate. You could be conservative. And how you select those and how the annuity allows you to select those 
are key factors inside of a variable annuity. For example, I think back to a Jackson policy mm-hmm. that we had put some clients in at one time and it allowed total flexibility in the investment options and it has DFA and Vanguard's really low cost investments inside of it. And it allowed you to be 100% equity where there are many other variable annuities that were out there that did not allow you to be 100% equity. They had all actively managed more expensive funds, which Mm -hmm. we're not big fans of at all. And so I would constitute those as bad annuities where the other one was good, you know, I mean, because there's different options. The bottom line is, though, in for Thomas, this particular question is, I heard a lot of bad things about it. You're going to hear great things and you're going to hear bad things because you got a bunch of people trying to sell them, mostly because they get paid a huge commission they don't disclose, which we'll talk more about. But you also have a bunch of people who hate them because they look at it from a narrow view that these are the worst investments ever because you have more potential upside if you did something else and lower cost. Why is that? Because by nature, if you think about what an annuity is, it's an insurance contract. So you are then rolling your money into an insurance company and the insurance company is placing a wrapper around the investments that cost money, just like car insurance. I mean, right. So because these questions have been coming up, here's another metaphor. Like we all have to buy car insurance, I think. That's mandatory. We don't have to buy annuities, but I mean, if we did, it would be something like this. Like, I don't know what your insurance limit, your coverage policy limits are in your car. Mine are like probably average mid range, but you can choose to over insure, you know, I'm doing the quote thing, right? Your car and have like the $500,000, whatever. And that's going to cost more money, but you're paying for insurance for some reason or other because you assess risks different than me, maybe. Right. Well, I mean, some people can get liability only on their car insurance. The only required insurance in today's world, in California anyway, is liability only. You have to have coverage for other people in case you hit or hurt them. I didn't know that. Yes, That's pretty cheap then, right? Very cheap. You don't have to have coverage for your own car, your own body, or your own self. You just have to cover other people, which makes sense because if you run into people, you should... You, you owe them restitution. Okay. Um, but it's a good analogy. So, I mean, you are in a variable annuity and to kind of get on with some other questions too, yeah. you are going to give up something in order to have protections, in order to have insurance and whether it's guaranteed income for a life or whether you're not going to have any downside, you're going to have downside protection from the insurance company. You're giving up something. So whenever you have an annuity salesperson trying to tell you you're not going to give up something, then you need to wave the red flag and get out of that there. That person's not being honest with They're you. They're not being honest. They're not being full disclosure. And I think just to get it out up front, the reason, one of the reasons why my relationship with annuities is a love-hate, and we talked about this yesterday in our investment committee meeting, as we're exploring and challenging our investment philosophy and always trying to come up with the very best solution for our clients. But the way in which most annuities are sold is gross. It's disgusting. Biased, conflict. It's totally conflicted. It's totally based upon the commission. Annuities, real quick, I'll make this quick. Your insurance agent, financial advisor, whoever's proposing an annuity to you has basically three options on how to get paid. A is all up front. They get paid a big commission up front. B is they get a medium commission up front with an, a medium ongoing trail, which pays them a little bit each year to continue to manage and, and take care of you. And then the C is where they get paid a smaller amount up front and a bigger long-term trail. And 90 plus percent of annuities are sold with this upfront, all upfront. And the numbers can be astounding. For example, on a million dollar client who comes to work with us in a managed account, we're going to charge 
$10,000 a year. 1%. 1%. Yeah. And we're going to get paid 2,500 the first quarter, 2,500 the second quarter, 2,500 the third, 2,500 the fourth, and for every quarter ever thereafter, which the client can leave at any time. We have to continue. And we're doing ongoing portfolio financial planning, yeah. portfolio management. Not just set it and forget it. Not set it and forget it. And we are earning that client's trust and confidence and performing for that client on an ongoing basis. In the same situation, an annuity person goes to sell, an annuity salesperson goes to sell an annuity, and they say to the client, don't worry about it. You don't have to pay me anything. It doesn't cost you anything because technically there are some where, A, it doesn't cost you money, but guess what? You're paying somehow. How are you paying? You're paying through lost upside. And that particular insurance agent has the opportunity to earn maybe a, this is not specific, but somewhere between 7 and 15% commission. So on the same million dollars where labor and wealth management would get paid $2,500, that insurance person is getting paid maybe $100,000. And then they never get paid again, and they're not doing anything for you after that. Done. They don't it's even want to return your calls because they're not going to get paid for returning. It's a total transactional basis. So that's why I hate them, Alex. Yeah. And that's the part about them I don't like is that you have these salespeople, and I love salespeople. I think sales is a great business and a great career. But when you sell by helping people get what they really need, beautiful. When you sell by disguising the truth and covering up the truth in a lack of disclosure ridden yeah. with conflicts of interest is disgusting. And unfortunately, a lot of newies are sold that way. So my advice to Thomas, and then Jason chime in here, but for Thomas answering his questions, is it worth paying the fee to cash him out and move on, basically? I would think that and here's kind of the answer to most questions when we ask these questions is we Depends. would build you a financial plan <laughs> yeah. and find out through that planning process, what are your goals and objectives and what are your circumstances? But then also like, what kind of investor are you? Are you going to freak out? Is it worth paying the insurance so you can't blow yourself up? Is it not? Yeah. Is it, I mean, what are the fees? So Thomas, you know, sit down with us or email us, send us a statement at least to start with that and we can look and do some math. Yeah. And how do you get a hold of us? Do you go to financialdetox.com? financialdetox.com where you can get any of our past shows, including our radio shows on KFMB or any of our podcasts. You can also send an email right to my inbox. That's Jason at financialdetox.com. That's Jason at financialdetox.com. And not to overwhelm you, but last and not least is our phone number, which is 877-707-8889. So good. Thomas, go forth, my friend. And uh, you know, I think you got to do the analysis. You have to do the analysis and it's best to find a professional final. My advice is if you're thinking about this, find a professional and make sure it is someone who does not only sell annuities. <laughs> because if they only sell annuities, the solution for every problem you have and the solution, the, the recommended investment for every part of your portfolio is going to be a annuity. You don't want that. You want to work with an RIA, registered investment advisory firm, who, if that is appropriate and if that is the absolute best solution, could deliver that but also they're very astute and very good at capital markets and traditional investment accounts because there really is no one shoe fits all. Let's go for it. Yeah. Okay. So, and we might've answered some of these next David and Susan's questions in our kind of like long answer there to Thomas, but that's okay. So David and Susan, there are 67 and 65. They're six months away from retiring. So they're about to retire and they've been doing due diligence, which is great. They've been interviewing advisors to help them make this transition. So it sounds like they've never had an advisor. That's part of that. Okay. They have uh, been given a lot of advice about moving anywhere from 50 to 70% of their retirement money into annuities. So their questions obviously are, what are the pros and cons of buying annuities at all? 
How do I know how much of my retirement money to put into these annuities if I do that? And what do we not know that we should know about annuities? So we did answer some of their we questions. But All right. Um, it depends. Next question. No. <laughs> depends. It depends. Next question. <laughs> you know, so here, let me throw a couple of things out there. We got to get them on live. We got to, we got to start pulling on live listeners in questions because then we can ask them questions, which will help us answer their questions. And that will help. Let me role play then and pretend like I'm David and Susan. Okay. Okay. So one of the conversations that probably happened, I would imagine, is they might have talked to somebody who worked at a large traditional discount with brokerage. green arrows. Could have been one of those ones with, with green arrows. Bro- sure. And a green yeah. name. And so here's the rule. You know, you ever heard of the rule of 100? Would it sound something like fidelity? <laughs> we can't talk about that. But melody. Babelity? Maybe. Okay. Probably not actually. This one's more of an independent insurance <laughs> agent who sells annuities, but you've heard of the rule of 100, right? Yes. You're just messing with me now? Yeah. Kind you of. can't get me off track. Oh man, I'm trying. <laughs> the rule of 100 is this, David, you're 67. 67% of your money should be in a place where it cannot go down. The other 33% could be in the market in a diversified portfolio. Yeah, that's 67. Rule of I don't like it that much, but okay. But you've heard everyone's, yeah. or we kind of have heard this in, as advisors and yeah. also as investors and yeah. people. Now, I don't even know where that came from. You take the 100 minus your age and that's how much you should have in growth portfolios. According to who? Yeah. Somebody made that up once and thought it sounded good and it was a cool marketing strategy. It depends, right? Totally depends because what if that client doesn't need income from their portfolio and they're managing it for a future generation? You would never want to follow that because you would want to invest it for more growth because you have a huge time horizon, the whole next generation. Also, right? what if it led into a 67% of their million dollars in retirement going into an annuity because they like latched onto that concept? You know, there may be a person who 67% of their money in an annuity is the right thing to do. Because if you look at the average annual returns, Alex, of investors, and we look at what that has been at 3.9% over 30 years, and you look at the markets over 30 years, a broadly diversified global portfolio has done 13%. The average investor has done so poorly because they've allowed their human instinct and their emotions to get involved in their decision making, which has destroyed their returns, (laughs) where if they would have had a fixed, guaranteed, no downside product, maybe they would have done better. Maybe they would have made four and a half percent, which by the way, I did a calculation (laughs) yesterday because I was still trying to make sure I want to sell my rental property. And (laughs) I was running at a 6% return versus a seven and a seven versus eight. It's such a huge deal, whether you get an extra 1% or 2% compounded over 25 years, the numbers were absolutely astounding. So compound interest, how you invest your money is so important. And it cannot be overlooked. You think, I got the S&P 500. I got a couple investments. I'm at whatever brokerage house and it seems okay. Okay is not okay. You have to pursue better. And that's one of the things that we do not to turn this into a commercial, but you really have to pay attention to the finite details because that extra one or 2%, that extra 3% is just Enormous. Also, that Dalbar study you're talking about, yeah. the 3.98% of equity, so stock investors, whether they're with an advisor or not, you know what's interesting? That number, that's probably what the average annual return for variable annuities in the same time frame would be, around 4%. Not variable, but fixed index for sure. Okay. But that's a less... So if you put all your money, I think, back in these poor people, because those stock investors, that's a pretty stressful situation to only get 3 or 4% a year for 30 years. There's a lot of bad mistakes going on to get yes. that. 
But if you just had put your money into one of these annuities and you wouldn't really have worried maybe and you would have gotten the same outcome. That's certainly an argument for them, right? As if you could get the same outcome. So, you know, for David and Susan, here's what I'm looking at. You know, somebody's suggesting 50 to 70%. Here's what I would say to any single human being who's ever trying to sell you an annuity, no matter where they're coming from. Please tell me what other investment options you have. What other investment strategies are you really good at? And I would like you to disclose to me 100% of the compensation that you will be receiving from each of the different types of investment strategies you would recommend. Yeah. So Mr. Advisor, you are recommending this annuity. How much money will you make and can you prove it? Can you show me? Show me the commission payout because now you as the client and you as the investor are empowered. And again, same thing. If you're not working with somebody who understands both sides of this aisle, then you need to change. Find somebody new who understands both. And I would say find somebody who leans towards traditional investments and will do an annuity in the situation that it may be right for you, as opposed to somebody who does annuities and they have a third party money manager that charges 3% to manage your money because there's fees on top of fees on top of fees. Not really. Because if David and Susan, who are 67 and 65, if you live another 20, 30 years from now, like, so the same study, yep. in the next 30 years or anything like the past 30 have been, if you have a disciplined advisor team that won't let you blow yourself up and you're in a low cost, globally diversified portfolio, you're going to do two or three times the growth rate that you would have in an annuity. Yeah. Okay. So they had asked, and I want to be specific. Yeah. The question that this client had asked is what are the pros and cons of an annuity? So here's oh, a yeah. pro that I can think of right now that I'm trying to debunk, you know, I'm trying to debunk it, but If I'm looking at a bond, and I said it like this yesterday, if I could deliver a bond, if I could find a bond for you, Mr. and Mrs. Client, that was going to pay 5% rate of return. Yeah. It was guaranteed to pay 5% your whole life. There was no maturity, no expiration. You were going to get 5% forever. And you also were going to get a raise in that 5%. That 5% would increase every time you had interest credited to your account. So anytime the markets did well, let's call it seven out of 10 years. Six out of 10 years, seven out of 10 years, the markets do well, your income actually goes up. And then that income's locked in at the higher level. Is that a bond that you would be interested in owning? Unequivocally, the answer is yes. And we have and know of a fixed index annuities that can do that, but there are downsides. So there was the pros. You got 5% for life, husband and wife, income can go up. It can never go down. The portfolio value doesn't go down. Oh, sounds so great. It sounds too good to be true. Well, it is because there's more to the story. The other part to the story is your money's illiquid. There's a 10-year surrender penalty or an eight-year or seven-year surrender penalty. So if you needed all or a substantial portion of that money during the first seven or 10 years, you can't get it all out. You can get 10% a year, but you can't get it all out. That's a con. The other con is that That portfolio, if you live a normal full life, it's over, it's out. Because it's paying out so much income, it will be gone at the end of analysis. So if you have a goal to leave money behind to heirs, or if you have a goal to transfer assets to future generations, that is a huge con to that annuity because even though it pays you lifetime income, and even though it gives you a lot of income, because it gives you a lot of income, the principal amount you put in, it will be gone. It'll be gone. Yeah. And you're also only getting your own money back in a lot of ways until it hits zero. And then you're getting the return from the insurance company. You're actually getting a return once all your principal has been returned. Right. 
Whereas if you had bought bonds that maybe in today's environment pay three and a half percent and you had a diversified portfolio of three and a half percent bonds, the three and a half percent that you're getting is actually real interest. It's not a return of your own money. Hmm. So there's some pros and cons. Let's go to the next question before we bore our audience with annuity talk. No, and I think it's interesting. I mean, it's specific answers to specific questions by real people. And we've heard so many of these questions lately, again, because the market gets volatile and people look for other options. They look for safety. You want, they're like cash and real estate or gold or annuities and annuities are not a bad thing to explore. It's education process and it's a long-term decision. It's like when you buy a house. I mean, an annuity is a 10 year commitment. I don't know what a house commitment is for everybody here listening, but average seven. So, I mean, it's like, do you just buy a house because someone told you to buy it? Usually you take some time and you talk yeah. to people and you talk to professionals and it's yeah, the same. Talk to the right professionals though, because yeah. there's so many professionals that are masked as financial advisors and they're hiding underneath a veil, call the financial advisor, but they're not yeah. their insurance salespeople. And that's not ideal. Talk to people that have bought them. <laughs> Those are always good people to talk to. All right. Last question. So this is John. John is, you like John, Jason, I can tell by John the question. Baby. He's 60. He just sold his business. He didn't say how much, but it sounded like a decent amount of money. He does not like the market. He does not like volatility. He's never been comfortable with the market. He loved running his business. He understood the risk and reward there in his business that he had direct I like control. how he told us three times he doesn't like the market. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, because we're a wealth management firm. So I mean, whatever. So he, he's been researching annuities a lot and came across something called a fee-only annuity. But without actually taking a meeting with an advisor or an insurance agent, he can't seem to get much information on them. And so his question is, well, basically, can you just tell me about that? What are fee-only annuities? Yeah, I think the popularity in fee-only annuities are going to rise. So there's firms like ours that are registered investment advisory firms, and we're acting as fiduciaries in almost all lines of business, actually in all lines of business except insurance, aka annuities, we receive a fee. And the clients know what they pay. They know when they pay. They know why they pay it. It's beautiful, right? There's no conflicts of interest. We don't get paid to sell certain mutual funds versus certain ETFs. So what is happening very slowly is there is fee-only annuities, which means the annuity or insurance company does not have embedded cost inside of the product so that they can pay a commission to the salesperson. Imagine that. Transparent pricing. Transparent pricing, which we've manipulated financial detox and labor and wealth management. We even manipulated the non-fee-based by fully disclosing the compensation that we receive. It's there. And we feel like our clients deserve to know what that is because it's full disclosure. It's transparency. And as a fiduciary, you should be disclosing your compensation for all of those insurance agents that call themselves fiduciaries, but do not disclose the compensation they are receiving on the annuity are fake fiduciaries. It's nonsense. So the fee only annuity is a product that's available and it just hasn't, in my experience so far, developed. It's getting there. What it yeah. needs is the, is the investor demand. Yeah, exactly. It's supply and demand. So if the insurance companies get enough people that are demanding, like, look, here's Transparency. the deal. We know there's baked in costs, but we would like for our advisor to be able to, it's almost like the advisors have to negotiate with the insurance companies, which is what has happened with a few groups. Yep. A few groups have gone directly to some of the bigger insurance companies and said, look, 
we don't want your compensation anymore this way. We want to strip everything out that's unnecessary. So you only have your required, like we do with 401k plans. Right. What's your required revenue? Yeah. How much do you have to make? Don't pay us the way you used to pay us. This is the advisor talking to the yep. insurance company. We're going to charge our client a reasonable fee that is outside of the insurance wrapper. Right. And that's amazing then because there's the, you remove the con- and, and that compensation ends up being the same as any other investment available. Right. So it's maybe 1%. Yeah. So that's what a fee only annuity is. The only problem I have with those is I've, as we look at those, I don't see the benefits of those annuities as much. They seem to be watered down benefits. They don't seem mm-hmm. to be as enhanced from a benefit perspective, but we are continuing the to do. The demand's not high enough yet. Because the demand's not high enough. And, and the reason why is if you look at RIAs and fee based and fee only advisors, it's a very, very small subset of advisors in the world. So they've got all the broker dealer advisors and all the insurance agents that are pumping out tons of these expensive products. And so there's no reason to go create new product that makes everybody less money when, you know, investors and individuals aren't asking enough questions. And so hopefully financial detox. The theme of this show is to break down the toxification that yeah. is in the investment universe. And it's not just Wall Street, it's insurance companies and it's insurance agents hiding behind the veil of a financial advisor. And you have these insurance agents who work at big insurance companies and they also have asset management, but it's never them doing the asset management. They're farming it out to somebody else. And so the person actually managing the money has got to make money. The insurance agency company has to make money. Then the advisor has to make money. Where's that money coming from? You've got to ask about those fees because they're crazy. So when the insurance agent says, oh, I can do insurance. Yeah, no problem. Or I can do, excuse me, other investment products. Ask what, how, tell me about it. So just be educated. And that's the point. But you know, in the end, I think as we try to summarize this breaching upon 30 minutes here of the show, there is good, there is bad, there is ugly when it comes to annuities. But it's not all good and it's not all bad and it's not all ugly. There Mm -hmm. is each facet of those and it totally depends upon you, your situation, your aptitude for volatility. It depends on the person who is developing or selling you that product and Mm -hmm. what are their other services they have and how comprehensive are they being when they are presenting that to you. And most importantly, and I've hit this, I sound like a broken record here, most importantly, are they willing to disclose to you and prove it, show you 100% of the compensation they receive? It matters. And treat it like the 10-year decision it is. It's not a fly-by-night, oh yeah, we're just getting in and out of this thing. It's not. So right before we close, I want to take a minute here and I want to uh, let our sponsors get a word in. So uh, we can't do this show without a couple sponsors helping us. They're great people, people you should do business with if you're thinking about buying a home or whatnot. So let's uh, let our sponsors roll. Hi, this is Jason Labram, your host of Financial Detox. One of our partners, J.R. Phillips at the J.R. Phillips Group, is the man who can help you with real estate. He's your local North County source for all things real estate. For over 13 years, he's built a business built on trust and referrals where the client always comes first and comes before the commissions. You can check out J.R. Phillips online at thejrphillipsgroup.com. That's thejrphillipsgroup.com. Or give J.R. a call at 866 883 6065. Once again, that's 866-883-6065.
Hello. Hey, it's Mark Robertson from Caliber Home Loans. If you're like a lot of my clients, you probably have been led on into a mortgage by a super low rate that didn't exist. I've been doing loans here in San Diego since 2001, and I differentiate myself by giving everybody a a straight story from the very beginning. If you're somebody who appreciates a very transparent approach and you don't want the smoke and mirrors that comes with the mortgage industry, I'm your guy. You can reach me at 858-401-9353. Again, it's 858-401. Okay, and that's it for today. So thank you so much for listening to our show, Financial Detox. I'm Jason Labram, your host with my co-host, Alex Klingensmith. There you go. You like when I do that, when I spring <laughs> Thanks, it on Jason. you and yeah, point like you. <laughs> all right, we hope you enjoyed the show. You can go to financialdetox.com to get this show, any previous shows, all the show notes, links, everything will be put in there for you. And if you want to reach out to us and get a hold of us to talk about any specific situation that's important to you, then just give us a call at 877-707-8889. Once again, 877-707-8889. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you in two weeks for the next Financial Detox Podcast. Thank you for listening. To learn more about the Financial Detox Podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and resources mentioned, visit financialdetox.com. And if you liked what you heard, be sure to hit that subscribe button. That way, you'll automatically get notified about upcoming podcasts. Thanks again for being part of our community and for taking one more step towards financial independence. The content of this podcast is provided for informational purposes only. It should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any types of securities. Mr. Labram and Labram Wealth Management are not responsible for the consequences of any decisions or actions taken as a result of information provided in this podcast and do not warrant or guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information provided. The information discussed today reflects the views of Mr. Labram and his guests as of the date of this show and are subject to change without notice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Any forward-looking statements or forecasts are based on assumptions and actual results may vary from any such statements or forecasts. No reliance should be placed on any statements or forecasts when making an investment decision. Accordingly, listeners should not rely solely on the information provided today in making any investment decision. There is a risk of loss from investing in securities, including the risk of loss of principal. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will be profitable or suitable for a particular investor's financial situation or risk tolerance. Asset allocation and portfolio diversification cannot assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses. 